You're about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. the question yeah where do you fall on the line of chocolate versus vanilla oreos ponder that question on this episode of worst gig ever hey guys i'm mike pace i'm jeff garlock i'm a chocolate oreo man i'm a vanilla double stuff guy agree to disagree in the twain we shall meet that's right and you know who we don't disagree on that's this week's guest we are scientists, bass player, jack of uh, in the box. Jack of all jacks. <laughs> Chris Kane, on the program, friend of the show. Friend of the show, never been on the show except for when we're live. He's participated in our web show. He's done some of our live show. Uh, we finally got him in here. We sat him down. It's perfect timing. We are scientists have a brand new record called... TV en français. Yep. You must pronounce it like Something, that. As you can tell, I took Spanish in high school. And fantastic new record. They're out on tour for the foreseeable future. In fact, they just shot a little video with them. And if you're lucky, you'll get to see it on MTV. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe not. Probably it's never. It's somewhere available. Chris talks about balancing being a dad and being a rock star. His words. Solid stories got some good stories we have a good good organic conversation hey when you got a friend music. of the show you're gonna have a friendly conversation yeah there's a lot going on here and all of you guys are gonna love it or you can just kiss my ass or you can listen to all of our other episodes <laughs> that's right worst gig ever podcast.tumblr.com we are on itunes stitcher radio find us on facebook tons of great episodes out there you can check out our web series youtube.com backslash official comedy you can write us worst gig ever at gmail.com you can tweet at us at worst gig ever at g garlock at mikey pace leave us some ratings leave us some feedback we love to hear from you keep that fan mail coming in always uh puts a smile on our face it is always appreciated when i get it you know what else is always appreciated listening to these episodes on your tweaked audio earbuds go to tweakedaudio.com <laughs> Threw it up in the air knocked it out of the park <laughs> listen listen we got bills to pay and if you go to tweakedaudio.com you enter the promo code worst you will get one third off of your purchase of a pair of fantastic headphones anything you want for your ears Tweaked Audio's got it. They work for any type of audio, which is the interesting part about these headphones. <laughs> All audio. They work with any type of equipment that has an eighth-inch jack, too. It's so crazy, but I mean, only Tweaked Audio. It's a great thing. If your your refrigerator has an eighth-inch jack, you can listen to it <laughs> with your Tweaked Audio earbuds. Don't take my word for it. Don't take LeVar Burton's word for it. Take it from Tweaked Audio. Take it from Worst Gig Ever. Chris Kane. On the show this week... <gasps> TV en français. One of my one of my personal worst gigs, and I think probably to some degree for the band too, was also um, by all accounts a uh, total success. Um, this was our first appearance at Reading and Leeds. 
So specifically Reading, I'm going to say. For the listener, why don't you just uh, uh, describe those the, the festivals and the differences between mm. the two? Well, Reading and Leeds is a two-day, two-location uh, weekend affair that takes place every August in the United Kingdom. It, I assume, is around 30, 40 years old. I don't. Maybe that's maybe that's yeah, ambitious. That's about right. Yeah, about I remember right? Nirvana being big playing there yeah it's a big the deal that nirvana in mud honey big rock festival <laughs> yeah that's. yeah it's a, yeah it's 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 more than any other uk festival kind of rock devoted and has remained so even in recent years when rock has become you know nothing but a way to lose money um <laughs> is rock dead we'll be addressing that question <laughs> yeah well it's still we'll alive to these <laughs> it's not dead it's your like 36 year old son who lives on the couch and doesn't pay any bills it's just it just costs money <laughs> Rock is worse than ever. You yeah. know, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so the Reading, the Reading, um, well, Reading, England is just outside of London. And although Reading is a very uh, working class, non posh town, um, the Reading arm of the festival is considered to be the far more posh arm because all the London people come out. Mm-hmm. And Leeds is a northern town, um, you know, tr- I don't know, traditionally a mill town or a sheep shaving town or something like that. Shearing? What do you do yes. to the sheep? I think you shear. Shear them? Shear, yeah. Um, so Leeds is the more rambunctious and, and wild and crazy town. But I think this is also was, a college town too, right? Leeds? It, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah university. There's a very large university there, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, you know, like the Lives at, Live at Leeds album took place at a venue that is um, now just the college venue like when you play the academy at leeds university it's where live at leeds was taped right um anyway this was at the reading arms should have been more civilized so you play you play both is the point and they kind of switch lineups saturday Mm -hmm. and sunday and we had just um begun to acquire some some fame in the uk i think our our album had come out there october the october prior and this was our first big festival summer uh and in being introduced to the people of the united kingdom um we were much favored by the british press because we're you know incredibly as you guys both know incredibly charming charming yeah. american um, and that well that's disgusting how charming you this this and this is just it what you guys probably fail to appreciate is just how american we are because you're pretty american too all right um but over there, it's it's it only adds to the spice yeah. and to the charm and so forth. Uh, Born enemy darlings, <laughs> we are scientists. You 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 uh, very presciently put Jeff <laughs> because it was it was enemy that got us into quite a bit of trouble. Enemy, um, <laughs> probably like most uh, press outlets now, and it's strange to to talk about them as though this made them unique in those days, but it kind of did. Enemy really courted. Uh, controversy. They, not for themselves, but between bands. They, mm-hmm. when they interviewed you, they, they really tried to get you to talk shit yeah. about other bands. And we were very happy to play the game, but, <laughs> but we thought in a very tongue in cheek manner. So we basically came out and said some, uh, you know, fake soundingly mean things about a couple of bands that we had no way of knowing, <laughs> no, no way of, you know, having an opinion about. And we said very personal things about a couple. I remember Block Party was one of them. They were very big. We basically chose a couple of bands that were big in sure. enemies' pages uh-huh. and said some bad things about them. 
one of these bands was a now, you know, total footnote of a band called Towers of London. Okay. You, you so much of any... a footnote yeah. that I don't even remember them. Yeah. I don't either. I don't think they, I mean, I think they played um, South by Southwest one right. year. But that's about it as far as the U.S. But they were a mid-aughts flash in the pan. Exactly. From the U.S. Yeah. Right, yeah. And their thing was that they all dressed like the Sex Pistols. They were a six-piece. <laughs> and they were just badly behaved kind of 22-year-old dudes. Uh-huh. Right. Louts. Yes. Um, and, and played, <laughs> you know, Definitively sub sex pistols, sort of, <laughs> and with with like a very undesirable glammy tinge to it. Okay, yes. um, but they mainly just wanted to wear really tight pants yes. and spike their blonde hair out, <laughs> yes. which they did. Uh, Good for towers a lot, and, and they got a reputation for wrecking dressing rooms and stuff like that. So we said something untoward about Towers of London. Anyway, that interview probably took place um, six months prior to this. Reading show that I'm finally arriving to. <laughs> um, and we had been at the festival grounds for an hour or two when we ran into our booking agent, um, a man by the name of, uh, Steve Zapp. Steve Zapp? Yeah. I've you know, had Zapp. Uh, f- plenty of experiences with Steve Zapp. Oh, the Zapp? Yeah. Well, yes. You got you know, Zap? You know that band Zap? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he, we're talking about the same. It's an guy, eponymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so Steve Zap, it turned out, also booked Towers of London, and he pulled us aside. And if it weren't, if it hadn't been for his delivery, we would never have gotten upset. But he pulled us aside and seemed very concerned, and told us that the Towers of London dudes were angling to beat the shit out of us that day. <laughs> yeah, a yes. bunch of ruffians. Yeah. And, uh, born ruffians. I mean, now we're in a public place and everything, but it's the big backstage area and everything. And again, these are like six essentially louts. Right. Um, and we, shavs. They're shavs. No, they weren't shavs. They weren't shavs. No, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't shavs, but you know, certainly equally given to, uh, you know, violence provocation. Boot boys, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Just simply, <laughs> simply the, uh, by virtue of their fashion, they, okay, they wouldn't yeah. have been chaps. But other attitude wise, probably not much difference. Um, and so we, we kind of, it put us on edge and suddenly we found ourselves looking over our shoulders all, <laughs> all through the sort of lunch and coffee hour. I think we were playing at six or something and they played earlier in the day, I believe, but, Exactly. But we were really, really kind of concerned that these dudes were going to come beat the shit of us. I mean, we were here. We were, we'd been on the road. Uh, I mean, we were road hardened by about eight months of very, very limited UK touring, having come from jobs at IFC and an ad agency. I mean, we were not, <laughs> we were not ready to uh, face off with a, a you know, Wolf pack. You, you right. got into this for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, we finally came, you know, crossed paths with them. And uh, they did everything short of actually uh, do anything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really? They, okay. they kind of sat there, looked at us really menacingly. They were all, they were all sitting around in a backstage, you know, grassy bench area. And I, I think it, Keith and I were alone. I don't remember where Michael Tapper was at the time, but your drummer at the time, we, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we sort of stumbled into this area. We were probably half drunk. I mean, if it was anywhere near the set time, I'm sure we were. 
And uh, here these dudes are, all are sitting, and in my mind's eye, they're, you know, like whittling with a switchblade or, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever whatever these types Playing do. Like someone's going to die tonight by the business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And they, they glared at us and gave us, gave us really nasty looks, but did not actually, you know, charge. Um, no one got in your face. There was no, no one got verbal. Uh, not as I recall. I, I you know, I, I feel like there was just kind of growling, <laughs> something. Classic passive aggressive towers of London. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's classic London, brah. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 what I do know is that we were we were so on edge about it that it's entirely possible that we imagined all of you know any animosity that they were actually uh, putting out. And that, in fact, they had never intended to do us any kind of harm, nor had they told anyone they were going to. I'm not absolutely sure. What I do know is that we spent several hours that afternoon getting increasingly sort of concerned that we were going to have our hides tanned. This is before playing. This is before playing as well. So it would have, you know, could have thrown off the set pretty badly. This was our, this was our first big festival. This is not what you want to be thinking about. No, it's not. So I think I think it, at that point we were maybe forty minutes from the set, and we then got on stage and and did fine, I think. But uh, uh, but it was a, it was a tough day. And afterwards, was there any kind of uh, after you play and there's some kind of relief? Was there anything else? Uh, what happened with to Towers this, of London? Well, to this day, there there's been um, no detente with Towers of London. <laughs> Uh, save for their disbanding. If you can take that as, as, you know, perhaps a white flag on their That's behalf. probably what happened. Yeah. yeah, they gave up the battle. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. was waged. There's all no these way years. we can compete with these Americans. <laughs> exactly. In the worst British accent. Eddie Murphy? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be like if the Greeks had just gotten back on their boats and sailed yeah. back. Right. Greece before <laughs> even joining battle with the Trojans. I, would that mean the Trojans had won? I don't know. But it would mean the battle's over. You know what? That brings up an interesting um, kind of worst gig scenario, which we haven't Mm. really seen too much on the show, is the uh, intra, not intra, band Mm -hmm. confrontation. Yeah. Mm. Bands, fighting bands, or or kind of uh, animosity. I mean, it's something that, that, uh, Jeff, do you have any, do you remember there being any kind of? Uh, There was actually one time, and it didn't uh, escalate. Quickly, which is good, but it was, uh, we were playing in the Yepperfest mm-hmm. in Belgium and we had played. It was a great show. Like, I remember that one. We like sold a way crazy amount of merch and I was like, this is the best time ever. I had the best eggs I've ever had in my life. But <laughs> because it was that kind of backstage area, everyone's equipment started to kind of merge. And I'm still not sure if all of a sudden basically my base was gone mm. and we were in the middle of a tour and I was freaking out. And I started like asking around and there was this really tough hardcore band called the Hoods playing from California. And they like, I asked, I was like, did you take my bait? Do you see it? And I was, and they're like, no man, they got real like kind of defensive yeah. real quick. And then I made them go to their van. Like, and I'm like a little guy <laughs> and they're wow. covered in tattoos and thuggy. And I made them open their van and they had it in their van. Wow. I, oh, they did. Yeah. Were they genuinely I, surprised? I think, don't, or? I, it was hard to tell. I was so angry at that point that I was yeah. thinking, fuck, you know, they're fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But say that all internally because yeah, I was sure. like, they will kill me. The Black Lips took my base once too oh, by wow. accident. Yeah. Uh, we played a Vice Fest at South by Southwest. I couldn't find my base. Equipment was everywhere. 
They're like, oh, I don't know where it is, man. And yeah. their tour manager looked at their fan, and it was there wow. again. But every time, like, I was ready to fight. So in yeah. those cases, right. it was me that was to the Towers of London. Yeah. If any of those bands were here right now, they would have a good story. Right. Yeah. Chris, in, in your case, it's getting back to... Comments that were said in jest yeah. in the press. That's true. Which then right. turned around and kind did of did that make you reevaluate? Like where where you were like maybe I should maybe we shouldn't give in to enemies kind of bullshit. Uh, I don't I don't think it necessarily kept us from that behavior in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that was the only time that we ever um, sat down and very determinedly said. We're going to slag off, you know, as many bands yeah. as we can in right. one interview. Right. But, uh, we have, we have on occasion, I think nowadays we've tended to reserve it for bands whom we've actually met. So right. that, so that even if, even if they're not close friends or anything, sure. I think, I think then it signals to them that oh, they must be kidding, you know? Right. But you also think that it was just, it was kind of the culture clash of, excuse me, the fact that as Americans with mm. perhaps a, you know, a certain sense of humor right. that may not translate to the written word that then, like, some 22-year-old bloke yeah. might uh, take it's, his gospel. You know, it's it's funny. We have, um, you know, and I think this is just because of the context of bands, we have a, a reputation of being really funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, I think it's because a lot of bands are essentially self-serious assholes. But uh, see, look at look how freely I slag it. That was every, <laughs> that goes out to every band. Yes. <laughs> what do you think about that? Let's start the fights. Yeah, but um, when British journalists uh, sort of talk to us about our sense of humor, even when fans say you guys are so funny, without uh, fail, they always remark on what British senses of humor we have. And the fact that um, Americans normally don't get the dry British sense of humor, but it's it's more as you say. I think often as not, they don't seem to understand when we're really dry. They don't seem to get it. And yeah, they, they, right. They take us quite seriously. It's almost too dry. It's almost Canada dry. I, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's well, hard to. I remember from interview, like, cause I, you know, you had to realize that something like you know the the whole deal that a lot of times sarcasm and irony doesn't read when you're doing yeah, yeah. an interview right especially like in and i know like i'll like read like old interviews of like panthers and i'm like oh that was a joke mm. yeah. but it doesn't read like what at all it just right. sounds like we're assholes yeah. yeah yeah uh and it's hard it's hard to like almost like to to gauge that because also i think especially in music they don't yeah they're i i think it's an anomaly people don't expect and i th- musicians I- to not be fucking so serious yeah and just kind of just like, oh, whatever. What do you want from me? Like, yeah. I'm just playing music. I, I think my back. you guys tow a very fine line, and you do it very well. And I don't know a whole lot of other acts, as it were, who can do this, where um, the band is very funny and entertaining. Um, but the songs – I was going to say the songs are not. No, but the songs are not <laughs> – they're not, you know, the songs are not humorous <laughs> songs. They're not right. funny songs. You you have. Um, You're not weird out yet. Come no, you, you, right. you keep the comedy out of the music and put it on stage where, personally, I think it belongs. Yeah. And you, I always thought you were great at that. With the the between song banter was very lively. And, oh well, I, I appreciate and uh, funny and you know I, I didn't. <laughs> now we've no, got a fight going. I, I think that um, you know. What's your take on that? On the idea of like comedy in music, and you know, 
where you guys kind of fit into that and yeah you happy with this reputation and mm. like thoughts i think i think maybe a little ambivalent about it i uh i, I don't think we've ever imagined that we were going to change but certainly we've wondered whether it's been constructive um i i do think that uh you know we get the sense sometimes that people are confused by what we're doing uh so they either they they initially buy into the funny side and then are confused by the fact that the songs are fairly sincere or i mean there's you know there's wit and so forth in course, the songs yeah. but as you say they're not comedy songs yeah. And, or, or you'll, you'll find people who are into the songs and you can't help but feel that you're just, you know, wearing out your welcome yeah. when you chat between tunes. Yeah. <laughs> Less and talk, more rock. More rock, as they say. Yeah. I and mean, there's a reason that's an actual phrase. Yes. Do you have so, a faction that comes just for the in-between banter? This is it. We absolutely, <laughs> I mean, we'll play shows. It's very rare that we would actually shut up in England or the US or mm-hmm. something like that, but. Sometimes we'll play in a place like, um, you know, Turin and we'll say, uh, I mean, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna chat for two minutes between every song. That just seems ridiculous. But without fail, um, we'll get a couple of fans come up afterwards and complain that we didn't like, why you were not making joke? <laughs> hey, why uh, not, why what, you not joke? making yeah. joke? Apparently <laughs> Chef Boyardee really <laughs> likes the, uh, Mamma the mia, I wanted to joke. Well, I mean, that accent comes from the Turin vicinity of yes. Italy, yes. so. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's an <laughs> interesting, it's, it's kind of an, uh, that's an interesting line to toe because, um, um, yeah, and I I think if someone no, no, goes to the show and they know mm. what they're getting into, yeah, that this is all part of the act, as yeah. opposed to someone being like, all right, let's, uh, right. Like that. So yeah, I mean, we all, we'll always get, especially, you know, if you, if you say you've got a few hundred people out there, like there's always going to be at least a couple of people that are annoyed by yeah. your chatter. Sure. And, and, you know, often it's not at least one or two of them will, will say as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, inevitably if we, if we try to pipe down and, you know, and again, usually that's just cause we don't speak the local tongue. Yeah. Um, we'll always get complaints afterward and you do feel a little bad because you've created an expectation that that's what your right, show yeah. is. I mean, anytime a real fan describes the show, they're not going to leave out the fact that, you know, we're very personable and we really sure. get into it. So you feel kind of bad leaving it out too. I don't know. You know, um, one of the things that I know we have talked about uh, in years past mm. is is an interest in trying stand up comedy. Right. I know we had a New Year's resolution in 2012 <laughs> to get up. Yeah. How's that and, one going? And do what? Yeah. So, so luckily uh, for me, I didn't specify which year I was trying to complete <laughs> Just like that in, in life. <laughs> yeah. But you also you're in a unique position where. Mm. You are consistently playing in front of crowds that any stand-up would, would kill to be in front of. Sure. I mean, you know, so you have this audience there. So you can essentially, and you do this, you know, mm. you, you'll, you'll tell jokes or you'll, you'll banter. Um, and then you have kind of the safety net of, you know, like just exactly. slapping the bass if yeah. need be. <laughs> yeah. You can um, always bail out. Do it a private time. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, you just go into your pork soda, you know, perfect. Right. The whole album, I guess. <laughs> yes. Was there a song called pork soda? Yes, the there is. Okay. Um, Grab yourself a can of pork soda. So, you'll be feeling just fine. <laughs> so in a, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the best of both worlds, mm. especially at this point where you have fans that know what they're getting into. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, you know, we're talking what, um, at least four albums in, mm. um, 
the ratio of like new people who had never heard of you guys before as opposed to people who are, who are returning it's probably right. different we're like uh, coke at this point exactly like yeah. if you're not if you're not drinking coke it's because you don't <laughs> like it it's not because you haven't heard of it <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that's their new catchphrase yeah. right <laughs> yeah. so does you do you still ha- have that desire to just get on stage in a small place in front of whatever it is 15 people with mm. just a microphone as opposed to what you're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's, it's, it's the thing about not having the option of bailing out and not having that safety net, I mm-hmm. think makes it much scarier. And, uh, and, you know, if nothing else, a new challenge. Um, yep. albeit one that draws on skills that, you know, to some degree, I, I feel like I've practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, two weeks ago in the UK, we uh, hosted an awards show for the Fly magazine, right? And that that was uh, we were on stage for you know the better part of four hours. Yeah. We occasionally got off stage, and every once in a while, a band would play two or three songs. But we we wrote out a script, and we we essentially wrote you know two plus hours of. Of zingers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but singers. Yeah. And it, and that was, that was very scary. I found myself much more nervous going into that than, than I have been for a gig in a long sure. time. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was, a, it was at the Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. But it was seated tables. So yeah. it's not like it was packed the way a rock it was show. An, it was like an award show. Yeah. Something. It was an award show. And yeah, it was very nerve wracking, but in a really, in a really fun way. And it was thrilling. Yeah. So That's yeah, it. I, I absolutely, yeah. but it, at some point, not before New Year's Eve 2012, I still intend to. <laughs> I still intend. Well, I think to try the it. thing is, is that all three of us have a vested interest in comedy, and mm. Jeff and I have done stand up, and like, but and but all three of us come from a place of being comfortable on stage, right? Mm-hmm. So you sort of have a leg. I mean, it's albeit it's a completely different experience. It's getting yeah, up it there is. with nothing. Um, but just having people watch you is yeah. not is not new. I mean, yeah. that's something that right. that we kind of have a leg up on. But it is a big thing not having the the. I mean, it's a mind fuck. Not yeah. having uh, distortion right. to hide behind. Right. Uh, not being like, oh, you didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like it's actually okay for you to just turn around for three minutes. Yeah. If yeah. you want. Yeah. And yeah. Just play Especially, your play yeah, your part. I would say maybe <laughs> half of my music career, I spent my entire time with my back to the crowd. Right. Yeah. Because uh, Orchid, I'd never turn yeah. my. I never mm. looked at the crowd. Yeah. So I need to protect my equipment and I didn't like looking at people. <laughs> right. Um, you hated your fan base. Yes. <laughs> I really did. Uh, so another. Market fans, I hated you. <laughs> Just kidding. I loved y'all. A lot of them were listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, another question that I wanted to ask you, mm. you also are one of, uh, the few working touring musicians who has a, uh, a child. Mm. Uh, One uh, of or, three, I believe. Yep, it's weird. Uh, you would well, think no, no. there would be more numbers in the entire at, at some history point, of music. Yeah. At, at, at some point, I think others will join this club, this exclusive club. Yeah. I mean, he's what's eighteen now. I mean, he's he's getting up there. Yeah, he's well, he's eight, but I, he's you can be forgiven. He's yeah. six foot two. He's so. acting like a teenager. <laughs> yeah. So just you know, and, and he's eight years old. And you guys have been doing the band for for. A little, a little longer than that, mm. but uh, it kind of seemed like it coincided with uh, things taking off for you guys. It did very much. I yep. mean, uh, Elizabeth, my my girlfriend, um, who's Dash's mom, mm-hmm. but we're not married. Uh, 
she has always said that she became a mom and I became a rock star. Like we both, our paths kind of diverged yeah, uh, with the birth of, of our son. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but at a certain point, like, I, you know, as someone who was playing in a band, uh, a peer of yours, if mm. I might be so bold. Yeah. Of course. Um, you know, you're a couple years older than I am, but, you know, when, when you have that kind of responsibility, yeah. uh, I'm assuming that the band becomes something more like this is, I now have to support, you know, a family, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's probably something I would not have been able to do if Elizabeth weren't also gainfully employed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but, but certainly it, it puts a different type yeah. of pressure on it. So was there sure. the idea, was there the kind of uh, drive to like, well, we need to be like touring kind of as much as possible because this is my, uh, this is my income. Um, I think there, uh, it's probably that impulse is probably nullified by the sense that I don't want to be touring too much because being away from the kid is, that, yeah. is tough on, you know, just our relationship and yeah, right. my, my sense that I'm some way worthwhile to him. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so there's always, no matter which I'm doing, I guess there's the consolation of either making money or being home and yeah. having a relationship with yeah. my son. That's a, uh, uh, it's a pickle. Yeah. It's a, it is. Uh, it is. It's a classic pickle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's classic <laughs> dill kosher pickle. That's right. But Vlasic. That uh, is a Vlasic. Oh, sponsored by Vlasic, by oh, the way. Oh, great. No, that's fine. But that, that is Love a nice, it. that's a nice segue into the fact that, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you know, you, you found success overseas, particularly in, in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, at that time. So you're, you know, which would lead to, you know, being paid handsomely for shows and things right. like that. Um, whereas in the States, you've achieved a, a certain level of success mm. that is, that is not the same as, as, as in the UK. Right. Uh, do you have a theory on that? On why the difference? Yeah. Well, there are certain practical differences that, uh, that absolutely had, uh, something to do with it. Um, so basically the way things kind of unfolded, uh, we, we got a little bit of radio in the UK before anyone over here was really paying any attention and radio, uh, over there, especially then, but even still today is, is more specialized and there's more room for kind of DJs to pick their own playlists and things yeah. like that. So it's not as homogenized as mm-hmm. it is here. Uh, college radio is still great here, I think, but, um, but you're, I mean, you're talking real commercial radio over there. It was possible for a band who didn't even have an album out yet to to be getting an unmastered single played on <laughs> british public radio which right, is yeah. what happened so on the strength of that the label over there you know sort of loosened up their purse strings and we're like let's get you guys over here asap um and from there it just kind of snowballed i mean and the u.s never really had a chance to catch up so the U- the UK was always our priority. We always spent more time there. We always that was always the focus of our campaigns. We always tour there around the actual release of a record or a single or whatever. We're never here until later in the in the campaign. So I think to some degree there's an element of the US just having you know we played favorites. Um, yeah. I mean they they gave us every reason to. Yeah. But but. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely what, you know, what it was. I, I don't, to some degree in those days, guitar rock was, was closer to, you know, 
mainstream than mm-hmm. it than it's ever been here, at least in recent history. So that that's probably part of it too. I mean, you have a festival like you said, Reading and Leeds, that um, even today tries to maintain a guitar rock focus. Although right. I yeah. think nowadays that means probably thirty percent of the bands are guitar rock. Um, but over here, I mean, there was you nothing. You describe like yourself that as guitar rock. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. That's it's funny. I, I don't know if that is a term I would naturally be using except that that's a an important radio distinction in the uk and that you know every every season we're sort of uh especially when we're releasing we're we're always apprised of how guitar rock is doing on uk radio and in recent years it's always been badly yeah but um they're they're like well don't expect too much guitar rock is out right now it's it'll come back though don't worry it'll come back what is in over there synth yeah. rock synth basically rock. Yeah. Synth, yeah. Synth, synth or synth pop really yeah. but yeah i mean a guitar should be ornamental at best in sure. your in your song i mean i remember being over there and i was amazed how much they played the darkness and electric six. Oh yeah like yeah. i was just like like yeah. every single time like I, and we were on tour like I, and before the darkness was even anything here yeah uh and it was like just non-stop and i was like oh they're actually playing songs yeah like i was just impressed that british yeah. radio played actual th- kind of music i or think there's a, a still a reverence for like the cult of rock and roll quote unquote mm-hmm. right over there um where there's still like thanks the libertines ex- well you know ex- yeah, there's like a hysteria about um you know the mythology yeah of of being in a rock band right, right. there whereas here we care a lot more about pop icons i guess yeah. just as yeah. individuals but it, it's interesting cuz i i don't it's in a way it seems to harken back to an older time where like mm. well this the band was big in australia Right. And it was kind of like we. Citizen Dick and singles. <laughs> exactly. You know, there was a time where <laughs> just like. in Turkey or, or wherever or it is. Even on a, on a, yeah. on a, um, on a more regional level, like you would have a band that was big in like Buffalo. Right. Mm. You know, but they didn't, they couldn't really play in Albany because right. that right. would come. It was just like a weird regional thing. The Toadies, and, they were big in, uh, Texas. Yeah, exactly. Before wow. they, anyone knew who the fuck they were. The wow. Toadies. And, and I wish nobody knew about the Toadies. <laughs> um, beef. But, Come on. I but, smell beef. But this, I, this idea that, uh, um, Damn Rep Light. Oh, God. What was their big, what was their hit, their hit, like the radio hit the Toadies had in like 1990? Uh, yeah, I, I that liked that song. I liked Do the You Want to Die? Yeah, thing Do You Want to Die? That was the breakdown uh, part yeah. anyway. That was yeah. the exactly. Cover, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that, like, you know, that, Latched, the UK latched on, but then the US was trying to play, didn't, couldn't play catch up. Mm. That's kind of, uh, strikes me as, uh, as, a like an individual case. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, we, we flirted with that as a fashionable thing in, in the grunge days, I guess, yeah. most recently. But, but otherwise, in general, we, we don't seem to culturally care that much about the rock band as a, yeah. As a, you know, mythological thing. Yeah. Oh, you're um, saying just America in general. Yeah. 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 Well, we're all wasting our time. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely are. The promise, the promise of the rock band. So is there like just, just because there's this dichotomy and mm. in the U, in the UK, it's buses, you know, it's, it's, it's much larger venues. And mm. I can attest to this as having toured yeah. with you guys in both, in both countries. Right. Um, is there something uh, comforting about coming back to the van and touring the states and doing the longer drives and the smaller venues? Yeah, there is. I mean, we we still we still really love 
U.S. touring. Um, it's it's different, you know, being in charge of your own schedule and driving the van yourself, and you know, checking into hotels and stuff like that. <coughs> Motels, let's face it. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, in some ways, it kind of seems to keep your mind awake. 20, you know, all, all day, every yeah, day. Whereas right. when you're, when you're being bussed around and you're beholden to a more intense daily schedule and you, you just have far fewer choices to make, you kind of go into a hypnotic state a lot of the time. And sometimes it feels like when we're on tour in the UK, we're really only fully awake for about 90 minutes a day. Yeah. And the rest of the time we're just kind of being shuffled around. Well, it's because- I think that's one of the weird parts of. Uh, touring, we, I, we never really talked that much about it actually, is that like you do have, especially in the US, you've got these long expanses of driving mm. and these long expanses of staring. Yeah. It's really what it boils down to because like I know like I would always be like, I'd have these grand ideas. Like uh-huh. I'm gonna like, we're in the van for eight hours. I'm yeah. not driving. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna do that. And there was a brief period where I was on my house sketch team at UCB and touring. So I would write on the road mm. and like call from gas stations and get notes. That was like a couple weeks out of <laughs> right. like months of touring. Yeah. But I would always bring like, oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get a script done. I'm gonna do this, but it's, it's, mentally exhausting it really is to be in the van like and it's hard to even keep at least for me it was hard to keep your mind straight enough to even like just be like oh i'm gonna focus on this project zone out the smells yeah of everyone whatever dumb music we're listening to right the dumb conversation going on but there's also there's it's still it feels like there's a responsibility Mm -hmm. in that um when you're in the UK, you're really your main responsibility is to get up on stage and play every night and yeah, maybe right. do do press. It's often your like only responsibility. Yeah, you don't yeah. you don't have to worry about logistics. You don't have to worry about getting paid. You don't have to worry about driving, yeah. loading equipment, anything. Yeah, but, directions. Yeah, yeah. So so and nothing nothing like that. Then in in the US, it's like even though you're sitting in the van not doing anything, the show is this like secondary weirdly. Thing. Yeah, but like you're getting but, to the show and playing it, like getting there is the, like you're yeah, doing work. You have to That's get you, mission, you have yeah. to get there, and then once you get there, you have to set up, yeah, you have to in. unload, you yeah. have to check. But you also, you know, there's nice things like you know choosing where you're going to have lunch, exactly, and choosing yeah. what you're going to listen to on the radio all day, and you know, you, you're engaged from you know essentially the moment you roll out of yeah. bed, which which just isn't the case when you're on a bus. But tour. in yeah. a lot of ways, it's cool that you that you guys can can do both. Mm. No, I, I agree. You don't necessarily, you know, it was, it's, it was amazing when we toured with you in, in, in the UK and, and you guys had trucks. There were two semis. You took our drum set, uh, yeah. which was really great because we had a tiny, like, minivan and we were following <laughs> you guys. Um, but it's the fact that you, you don't necessarily, get bored and you mm. still get to live a little bit of the high life and mm. like well i don't have to i can drink tonight i could do whatever i don't have to drive i'm not responsible right. for the transportation um and then the flip side is you go back to the states and you can kind of indulge in the like get in the van yeah kind of tour diy you know touring style more or less yeah and then you know you know flip-flop between the two which i think kind of keeps you um would keep me grounded mm-hmm. and give me something to constantly look forward to. Yeah, it keeps things sure. fresh. And I think this is probably a good time for me to admit that we've actually taken active steps to prevent ourselves from becoming more famous in the United States. <laughs> several, t- <laughs> several times. That's You're good. Fine. Just good. like <laughs> yeah. we're going to play that place in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, the basement. The basement. The Alice basement. Cooper's going to be playing the amphitheater. <laughs> at, like, yeah, that's, that's right. fine. That's perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 ad- I admire that. I think that that's kind 
kind of a cool way. Because mm. I, I mean, may, I think maybe it would just get boring to be on the bus for three I, weeks. I think it would, it would, I think it would lead to burnout quicker. If you, if you were out there for months and months of straight bus touring, I think you yeah. would kind of burn, sure. burn out your willpower. Have you ever seen the Pantera videos? Like, especially three. Which is not, there's no music. It's just a collection of all of the videos of them backstage hijinks, basically. Is this the one where he pops oh, no. the zit? Yeah, that's okay. in there. I just, I but because, it. like, it, that's what they did. You know, just years of just, like, in a bus, only backstage. Yeah. Like, they can't live any sort of life. So, like, all it is is them betting 500 a $1,000 for people to, like, eat an entire birthday cake or, <laughs> like, drink an entire yeah. bottle of hot sauce. Right. And it's fun. Like, I've watched it plenty of times with my best friend back home, but I've watched it and then been like, oh, that sounds actually terrible to me. Like, yeah. at a certain point, like, they don't do anything. Like, they, that's why they're doing that is because they would go crazy. Yeah. And, like, they, like, drinking that much and, like, doing that many drugs at a certain point is because, like, it's either this or fucking maybe a strip joint. Well, Maybe, you know, like, and that's yeah. it. Like, you're yeah. not going out to do anything. Tommy Lee from Motley Crue had said something, probably the only great thing he's ever said, <laughs> was he's like, I've been everywhere and I've seen nothing. Yeah. Because, yeah. That you sums know, it yeah. Up. Yeah. and one of the highlights for touring for Oxford Collapse, at least, was because it was just us in the van, there was always this element of it, we're kind of on vacation. Right. Was going to that, like, regional, uh, you know, what's the regional specialty? Oh, in Indiana, they're like, pork cutlets. So we'll go, like, yeah. we'll find the best place to go there. Oh, let's go stop by the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, you know? Right. You guys introduced us to, uh, Jan and Michael Stern's Road Food. That's right. Road Food was a, uh, book, yeah. a tome yeah. that... I still, I, I have it on my phone now, and I still that reference was a it tome often. that I believe came on the road with us and then we never crack it oh, it would always great. be like i brought this like jay it's would always great. be excited about it and then for some reason it would get lost no in that was somewhere. that that made going back to a place for the third or fourth time mm. exciting because like well where haven't we eaten yet right yeah. and the moment when it because that i agree it was like trying to remind yourself every time that this is also vacation like kept yeah like right. because also i realized now in retrospect the moment when i knew tour had shifted over to we're all sick of being on tour was always the day that our singer would yell out we all don't have to eat together at the same place <laughs> like and i was like uh-oh we've reached that yeah. point yeah. everyone wants to break up but you know see the yeah. idea of vacation you 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 kind of associate with a lack of responsibility sure, but it doesn't right. sound like you're on a uh whatever it is a three or four week uk tour and you're really your sole responsibility is playing still i don't necessarily equate that with vacation no, it's true. It's true. I, I, and I think if you, you know, anyone can relate to it to some degree if, if they've taken a six or an eight hour flight, just the way that travel, I mean, in theory, you're, you're sitting there, you can do whatever you want. You can watch movies or read or write a screenplay. Or, yeah. Um, but you don't, you don't. I mean, you, you watch movies, you veg out and you're totally fucking brain dead. And then you land and you just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Even though you've done nothing all day. Right. Yeah. I mean, travel really oh, totally, does yeah. sap you. Yeah. That's so. what I'm trying to say. Did you guys see this new, like, supposedly Amtrak is given free Amtrak rides to writers? No. I heard, you, like, I heard about this. I didn't prove that you're going to, like, go and just use it to write. Oh, wow. Like, they'll give you, like, a free round trip, like, ticket on Amtrak. And, like, I've been going back and forth already. Like, would that work? Would it help? Or yeah. will I treat it like a plane <laughs> and, like, yeah. be like, yeah. oh, we got Wi-Fi? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Sounds, just, uh, it sounds like a great idea. In theory, it sounds like the best, much yeah. like all of my plans when I was on <laughs> tour or touring. Go fly, I got a plane to true. go to tour. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like when you've been to the UK, like, do you, like, how many times have you been to Stonehenge? Never. Like, 
Really? We once got really close, and we couldn't do it. The scheduling, we just couldn't do it. <laughs> we've done wa- some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like we went to the. We've been to uh, you know uh, the the big Robin Hood feature in Nottingham. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, we've done you know London Dungeons, things right. Like that. That's the Tommy Lee London. You definitely though, you know? did those guys. Uh, no. in London. <laughs> but that's the Tommy Lee thing. You <laughs> yeah. like you've been everywhere, and you end up seeing nothing. Like yeah, I've started re going back to places like I, w- I just went to like a 10 revisiting day- re- no re going back uh <laughs> like a 10 day trip with my wife and went to all of the places wow, yeah. that i was like let's go to stonehenge because right. we did actually go to stonehenge and you've heard this before the day we went i was sick of tour mm. and i go i can see it from here right. i'm gonna go hang out in the parking lot yeah because i didn't want to pay so i just watched over. and then when they came back they everyone else in the bay was like best thing we've ever done uh-huh. like, fuck you but yeah. you don't see it like you're just yeah. like i remember we went on a tour uh of germany with orchid the one tourist thing we went to was a concentration camp <laughs> and after we were just like that was the stupidest keeping it light ever. keeping it yeah. light that's yeah. gotta get psyched before the big show tonight <laughs> like, right. um so so Let's talk about this, the new record for mm. a second here and the fact that I think a lot of people think back to the previous record, Barbara, and, and you guys did – or wait, Steve Wants His Money, the web series. Yep. Uh, was that was that Brain Thrust Mastery or was that uh, – We actually taped that and released it while we were recording Barbara, kind of okay. during the recording process. So that was fall of 2009. So, so you have these kind of ancillary – projects mm. that are uh, uh always kind of comedy centric mm-hmm. in a way uh and i see you've been releasing kind of short little videos here and there um do you have anything that you want to kind of tie into the new record we don't have any we don't have any approved projects mm-hmm. um we we've we've continued to sort of shop around ideas um to purely tv you know uh some vendors like what's what's the word i'm looking for Ven- or uh, ventures for television perhaps? yeah yeah venture exactly capital. yeah <laughs> we what we really need Great is a, it's a capital investment <laughs> um and but never never with any particular connection to the music aside yeah. from us saying you know this will come with a certain amount of built-in audience because we are because we have this band um but we, but it's never like we want to do a Flight of the Concords thing where we sing on the show yeah. or, or where we are the band on the show or anything like that. I think – I wonder if that could be a viable thing if let's say at some point in the future, eh, maybe we don't want to make music anymore, but mm. we want to still mm-hmm. kind of keep the We Are Scientist brand, for right. lack of a better word, alive in the comedy realm yeah. uh, or you know the video realm, whatever, what have you, like again – you know, uh, you already have sort of a, uh, a foothold. Yeah, we've got these char- these brilliant characters <laughs> fleshed out. <laughs> um, Don't let them die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do. We have made, uh, you know, call it a New Year's resolution um, to 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 really make a lot of video content in these in this next sort of six months here uh-huh. to to try to help the album more yeah. than anything, I guess. But also to to burnish our reels. So um, <laughs> so yeah, I think. But but no no coherent projects along the yeah. lines of Steve wants his money. Got it. Got at this it. point. So you know. so you so you do have this new record coming out, and this is the first one in what has it been? Four years or three? Years? Yeah. See, um, Barbara came out in the summer of two thousand ten. Yeah. So it's been almost a yeah. full four years. And is this this re- record on a another label as well, or is this? A, oh yeah, yeah. right. 
This one's on uh, Dine Alone. This Records? is with Dine Alone in North America, okay. yeah. And then 100 percent is the name of the UK label, and they have affiliates all over yeah. Europe. And, stuff. and you guys have done kind of the the label dance. We really have over mm-hmm. over over the years. We've done it all. We've yeah. done yeah. We've done the majors. We've done the crumbling major. <laughs> <laughs> we've done the indie. We've done the sort of self release through a label services company. Yeah. Um, yeah. I this this particular iteration is feeling really good right now so we'll we'll see i mean and this is straight up this is straight up indie label this is indie labels yeah they're they're they are they build themselves as labels i mean the only thing that we that we did maybe a little more independently than you necessarily have to um is that we made the record and self-financed it and then licensed it to these labels so they didn't have any input on the records but we wanted it that way we wanted somebody who heard the record and said i want to I want to do this. This seems great. Not, sure. not, oh, we are scientist records seems like it could have, you know, the potential for profit. Let's get involved and fund the record and stuff. Right. We wanted them to hear the record and say, we want to put, we want to do that. Yeah. Right. So, or as Panthers had almost every record. Well, this isn't the record we thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. Uh, but I guess we'll put it out. Yeah. Uh, do you, how do you feel about the, the label dance? Like, are you fine with it? And are you just kind of like, it is what it is versus where things are in terms of distribution, I think yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I still think there's a huge, a huge benefit that can be had from a relationship with the label. Yeah. Uh, for sure. There's no question that the means to distribute your own music exists, obviously. Um, but I mean, it's, it essentially comes down to having the money and the expertise and the man hours of a label put into promoting your record. Right. And if that's something, if you think you can do that yourself, well, you're, I mean, probably you're wrong to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, we kind of had that dream on our last record. And even with, um, the sig- significantly limited, but still, you know, very professional services of, of two distributors in North America and Europe, it was nowhere near enough, um, to, to match what a label is able right. to do. Yeah. Even, I mean, and we went in with the sort of dedication from ourselves personally and from our management that we're going to, like, this is our project. We're going to, we're going to, fill the gap where our own product managers, whatever. Right. And it's just not, it's yeah. not. The same. I think it is. It's being it. logical and realistic yeah. about it all. Like it's like it, this on this much smaller level, but like I was telling my students the other day, it's like, I remember what's again, completely different scenario. Mm. I remember once I was going to buy a black Sabbath shirt mm. and my friend was just like, Oh, why don't you just screen it? Right. Like, and I was like, yeah, or I just pay fucking $13 right now. <laughs> And I don't fuck up four yeah. screens, right. like mess up the colors, ruin four shirts. How much is your time worth? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Like, I, like in theory, we could all Steve Albini it and say, like, yes, we should all be putting our records because we can. Record labels are like dying, whatever that means. Right. But yeah, like I know for me, like I wouldn't know what to do <laughs> putting out an actual record. Like yeah. getting, like I would. It's like you probably felt like it's like you get it out to people, mm. but then you're like, there's this other tier that I'm not understand and i don't have the time anyways or the mental know-how and there's i mean this idea that you can put you know every it's it's in theory it's a level playing field where your record could go out you know could be out anyone could put up a video on youtube right like they the uh you know the sigh video exists next to your video right um the 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 difference is is that uh tying it back to the labels they have Mm. they have the distribution channels to do that and they've they have and it's been established right so 
you know, and anyone, the know-how of years exactly. of the so people who are working. Anyone can make a record, yeah. throw it out there, and maybe you stumble upon it. Right. Yeah. But without the, the 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 muscle power of the distribution, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and that's what I think that's what you're paying for. Uh, when you get involved with a major, at least at this point, yep. it's still just as a as yeah as a as a new band and as a band who you know like us has done the label dance. It's about you know maybe believing that there are still people out there you can convert and yeah. that, you know on our last record i think what we were able to do perfectly fine was send the record out to all the existing we are scientists fans but we had absolutely no ability to grow it at all yeah right um and so that's what that's what we're hoping with this one is and i think that's what we're already seeing is that these labels have their own kind of world that we can we can take care of our own ex- yeah. pre-existing world. But right. They can get it out to a larger S- audience. Speaking of that audience, and it's something that I've noticed over the years, knowing mm. you guys for a long time, playing playing with you, is that especially in the UK, the audience tended to be teenagers, more mm. or less. You know, uh, maybe university age kids or kids, mm-hmm. in, you know, when you're in when you're at kind of a fickle age in terms of your taste. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know. By and large, I don't think uh, most of us listen to in our you know mid thirties a lot of what we were listening to when we were nineteen. Right. Some maybe Earth Crisis is uh, hey, an exception. Yeah, speak, <laughs> you constantly speak for yourself. I don't know where but, you always say this. But uh, just a question, something uh, something that I've thought of is that you know if your audience is kind of at that fickle age. I mean, do they stay with you eight years later? Mm. Is it is there a turnover? Is there a new bunch of like sixteen, seventeen year old kids who are discovering we are scientists? I think yeah, our our fan base seems to be fairly segmented, um, and to some degree it's geographical. But there's also a weird age segmentation where we have the fans that we got on the first record, who now you know we'll we'll see them. On this, on this record, as we're getting a little bit more of a press push than we have in, you know, in maybe seven years, mm-hmm. um, we're seeing a lot of tweets of kind of like, Oh my God, you know, listening to the new We Are Scientist stuff and feeling like I'm 16 again or whatever. <laughs> so total nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's cool. It's, uh, you know, they're not saying it negatively. They're being honest. Yeah. But then we also have fans who've stuck with us. I think the really hardcore fans, saw the last record and got it and liked it and have continued to come to the show each time we go through Columbus and play the basement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's those who've stuck to it. And then there are, there are actual new fans who are seeing it for the first time because, yeah. the, you know, for the first time we made a video with tons of blood in it and that's yeah. what they're into. So that, <laughs> that landed video. on yeah. their plate. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's not like you guys are like a heritage act or anything. No, what, no. I mean, that's, that's the funny thing. You know, we, you're touring with Chicago. Right. <laughs> well, our, our Australian, uh, promoter actually, we're going to Australia in May and he floated the idea, um, just because he's had a lot of success with it, um, with some other bands he's brought down of doing a, um, with Love and Squalor anniversary show. And it, it wouldn't even be an interesting anniversary. It's like the eight year or seven year or something. Um, and he, but he said, you know, let's, let's position this tour as you're going to play the first album top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you'll also play like the, some of the new stuff and some uh, yeah. other hits and stuff. And we were like, I don't think we're old enough for that. I, you know, it, right. you know, as you say, I don't think, I don't think it's quite, I think if it's yeah. not at least a 10 year anniversary, it is yeah. an idea a lot of people glom on to lately. <laughs> doing the full to be, album top to bottom. 
And you guys like those? All Tomorrow's Parties made it fashionable. Yes, that's it you is. Yeah, ATP. I, I, no, I, I, I really have very little interest in, in bands reuniting at all. Mm. Um, and especially, I'm not even just saying yeah. reuniting. I'm saying bands that have still been putting out stuff, yeah. but they're doing the like, the you know full, what? Yeah. This is the tour we're playing. Rain and blood all the way through. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've actually even seen one of those okay. one of those tours, but it doesn't really. It's not something I don't get excited about it. I got I just I got excited when it first started happening, yeah. and then when I went to maybe like a couple, I was like, oh, this isn't exactly what I want to be doing right now. Yeah, like I want to yeah. watch like a mix up of the songs, yeah. and I right. want to get like one from that record, and then the one from this. It always sounded better in theory, and then at a certain sure. point, I was like, I'm not gonna skip that one. Yeah, wait. That's just my. I first. also think that there's the idea, um, and I'm not saying that this, this applies to you, mm. but if um, if there isn't a clamoring for that mm-hmm. uh, reunion to play that record, <laughs> right. where it's really just the band's own canonization of right. their catalog. <laughs> right. oh, we're coming up with a 10th anniversary. We got to sell it. Does anyone? Is, does anyone? Yeah. Can, you know, like, <laughs> well, because uh, it does fit in. We've been talking about this. Those certain bands, and this does not apply to you guys at all mm. but like those bands that we both were, were like yeah they're doing like this big like oh they're coming back and playing you were just like who were they yeah like i don't remember mm. them being that important yeah. to people. right yeah like what happened in the translation down the yeah. line you know it's funny i feel like one, one of my f- men i don't know who the fuck they are <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all of all time at least in terms of how passionate i was at the time that i love them was dismemberment plan mm-hmm. and and their recent return had a weird i'm not even saying personally but it had a weird cultural um you know apathy to it like right people seemed largely apathetic to the return of this legitimately great uh-huh. band uh that that kind of baffled and it's not like they were you know going around playing dismemberment and i but or yeah. uh, emergency night but yeah. such but, a fear that's such a fear but like that like, yeah you have that like i've just thought about that with old bands that like every i'll have those people be like if orchid got back together right yeah. it would be like huge but would people just be like eh. I, yeah <laughs> i do legitimately kind of think like it would be okay yeah. Like, but it wouldn't be this fucking like milestone sure. sort of thing. Right. And, and, and that's the word. Then you're just like, oh, now I really got to reevaluate. But the other thing is with the dismemberment plan is that they they uh, put out a new record too, which right. seemed kind to be met with indifference. That's true. How was um, it as a dismemberment plan fan? I, I it was probably my least favorite dismemberment yeah. plan record. See, this is the thing. Can you name a band? That has gotten to back together. Give that has to that is reunited yep. and put out a record that is as good. Carcass. I see. I I mm. think metal is a different but with, kind but of I'm, world. But that's literally my world. So I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Well, no, fair, I'm not. So. I'm not discounting. But, no, but because bands have done that yeah. and then put out records like. Uh, you know, and I'll just name names of people like Pestilence. Like Pestilence came back, and then they put out three records, and they've all been adequate. Mm. But then Carcass came back, and it was just like, oh, they actually somehow put out a record that is maybe better yeah. than Heartwork to right. me, which is yeah. like one of their seminal sure. records. Right. Uh, At the Gates possibly will do that yeah. when the record comes out. I think yeah. there's. Uh, I, think- I, I do think it's hard. I, if a band like, like I don't see if Slint put out right. a record right like, because yeah. i think spiderland was something that happened a certain time and it would just they would be different people well, i yeah. think they uh, did didn't didn't the guys in slint put out we played with them at, oh, at pitchfork they? Oh, really? when they did their that's that's when i did see one of those album shows so they played spiderland right uh. in its entire but i think what you were i think uh uh metal fans that are they're so that are really dedicated to right. the band it's a different relationship. Like I think the dismemberment plan probably has fans that are that are 
I don't know if die hard is a word that applies to a lot of indie rock. That's true. You know, and, yeah. sure. and it's, it's one of these things where it seems like it's more, um, I hate to say it as a phase, but like, mm. you know, I think with a band like Carcass, which has, um, you know, or similar kind of band that is critically successful and has a lot of cred. Um, I guess at the same time, it's, it's, I feel like I never want to completely say it because then there are like, Scott Walker. Scott Walker is the one I'm always mm-hmm. like. When the drift came out, mm. that record was like one of the greatest records ever. Like it yeah. was insane how good the drift was for being this guy who's in his fifties right. and yeah. put out one of the like strangest and weirdest and darkest records ever from being a teen pop sensation. Yeah, and so he's one of those guys where like it's especially I think as a man who's just getting older. Right, like, I don't ever want to completely go into that world yeah. of just thinking like nah like but, eh, that's a young man's game like leave it to them and at that being said again there are those bands where it's like no they just had the perfect equation at, at that time. time yeah uh, and there are certainly like you know i don't know like did the last neil young record like blow my mind no did the last but, 13 neil young did the last 13 th- no but then there are those ones where it's just like oh wow there's fuckers are yeah. still doing yeah. something pretty crazy. I, I think you make um an important uh sort of observation about scott walker's um deal which is that it it very much reflected who he was at the time and right. you, you mentioned earlier you would worry about a new slint record that they would just be different people right but the point is that if it if it and, and so they wouldn't be slint anymore. It's almost weird for them to keep that band name. Right. But yeah. but if it really reflected them as you know forty eight year olds or whatever they are, um, then that could be that could be cool. You yeah. Know? It's well, hard that, to say. I think sometimes I think that's what I've started to realize too. Is sometimes when it doesn't work, if they've come back, yeah, like going back to kind of metal and hardcore again. Like Coalesce were a band I liked a lot, yeah. but then they put out a record maybe a couple of years ago, and it just wasn't my thing. But my thing I, when I was listening, I was like, maybe I just heard something different. In the right. records that I liked, than even what they heard. Yeah, you know, it's like the, what I took out of this like That's seminal record was a different thing than like that was the throwaway part, you know, right. to them, like the musicality or some certain like note changes. Like that was the thing that I glommed onto because I'll see that there will be those bands where I'm just like, oh, I think maybe you guys just liked it in a different way than I did. Right. Back then, so, and even yeah, the guys I, in the band liked well, I your th- own. Bands. I think that's because that you have a very personal relationship with whatever it is you're listening sure. to, and so you take it personally. I know, you know, that like, goes along with the indie rock thing that you said, though. Yeah. I do think there that's is true. more of a, a, a leaning towards. It's like there's not as much of uh, the ratio to have. Like, yeah, it's that personal. Well, for instance, uh, good friends of ours and uh, a band that we had toured with before, the Constantines, just mm. announced that they're reuniting after right. like oh, wow. four years. Yeah. Um, they all kind of went their separate ways. All did solo projects, and I'm uh, I don't know the reasons why they are getting back together, and mm. it's going to make a lot of people happy. And uh, I don't cash, baby. Yeah, avarice. Well, look, I mean, you know, make that, it you avarice. Know, that 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 could definitely be the reason. Um, I guess if it if it does. You know, and getting back to your point, maybe yeah. this guy wants you to play, you know, uh, the first record, and and because he thinks people are going to be into it, and uh, I guess it's it's you know you decide that when that when the time comes. Yeah, um, I think again though the difference, like there is even in the bands doing it, there's the difference of like bands that approach it like it's a heritage thing, and like right. it's just yeah. like no, we've just been a band, but we're just marking a milestone, right? Like because there's like you know like like that. Weezer Weezer did the. Pinkerton and Blue album shows, yeah. which I actually I caught. 
Uh-huh. Right. In Tokyo, boys. Nice. Um, and they were, I mean, they were great, but ticket I mean, Weezer's a complicated band. Yes. Like they, yes. they, they laugh at the idea of authenticity. So, right. um, these days, yeah. uh, but still, it was you know it was a great. Show. That's really interesting because that means that they essentially shrug off the idea that everyone who who is in that that camp of Blue Album Pinkerton mm-hmm. and then everything after that was is just a you know a, uh, a carbon or you know or this uh, faded copy of it. And right. and when you say that they're they laugh off authenticity, are they explain that? Well, I just think that they're they're very have have a sort of sneering relationship with their own fame to some degree uh i think that i mean and it's not even it's not even that they're lighthearted about it it's that they're they definitely are kind of you know the the popular fan narrative of course is that rivers cuomo was terribly disappointed by pinkerton's reception Mm -hmm. pinkerton being the record that he thought was uh this great personal expression and that then when years later he sort of mechanically churned out the green album um, and, you know, the lyrics on the Green Album couldn't be more vapid, yeah. especially by comparison to a record like Pinkerton. Just that's, piles that's so of singular Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when that essentially um, resuscitated the band and led to, you know, more more of that Super, sort of thing, yeah. uh, that that has created a Rivers Cuomo that's supremely jaded about <laughs> right. about what people want and what art can succeed and and so forth. So maybe I'm just applying that. Well, I Perhaps think there's story something interesting to that too. Oh, just that, like, that's the story. Like, we all have our stories, anyways, of all yeah. these albums we like, and that has become the story of Weezer. Right. Whereas, like, probably the reality is just like I don't know. Pinkerton was just the anomaly, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like true. that was just like that was the one where he tried something different, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then he heard something in his own band that was different than what people actually liked like because as a person who's never met him i don't fucking know this guy yeah Yeah. that being said when i listen to it it is just like it is the craziest they are like the number one example of like being a simulacra of your own self yeah Yeah. like finding a way to copy in the worst i am really curious like if he likes the music he's doing i mean is is he he doing it because this is all he knows how to do does he really think this is and this is you go back in any artist's career who's had a Who's had longevity? A Neil Young, a David Bowie, a, a, a Bob Dylan, and they all have these real stinkers in their in their sure. uh, discographies. And when you're going into it, when he was when when they're making those records, do they know that they're going to be bombs, right. or do right. they think that this is the best stuff that we're we're doing? Did, did Metallica think that uh you know uh, whatever it is, anger was going to be like this is the best? <laughs> Right. Stuff we've ever done. Right. You know, no, no, no. The stuff that everybody likes, we were 20 years old. Yeah, that yeah. was, you know. Well, that's the other scary part. Like, it's like, I haven't been in a band yeah. for 25 years. Like, you know, like, yeah. right. I would like to, yes, there has been movement in yeah. who I am. And, and like, yeah, you know, like, in some ways, like, I, as being a big fan of Slayer, like, Slayer is the best, but mm. also, like, they also are just like, yeah, no, we do Slayer. Like, yeah, we're not right. going to do something different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that sounds equally somewhat as unappealing as that. Like, I remember, thing. like, always hearing about in this, the story of Bolt Thrower, who are like one mm. of my favorite, like, mm-hmm. war metal Power bands metal. from Brit, from Britain. But the, the story was that even at Bolt Thrower practice, you couldn't play anything but Bolt Thrower riffs. Like, you had to just be Bolt Thrower because right. all their albums were about war and they were very regimented. But I would hear that. I was like, that sounds terrible. Relax, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have some fun. But I think having said all this, mm. TV and Frances is, is your best album. Would you say that? 
I, I think it I is. Haven't, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm just yeah. wondering what's, what's the mindset <laughs> of the I love the video. I mean, it's your best yeah. video. I the think mindset. Video is great. Is, uh, are you going, this is the, this is the best record we've done or is, yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's our feeling. I think it's, um, sonically sort of tied with our second record, mm-hmm. uh, brain thrust mastery which which is the other record where we kind of really went for it with arrangements and and took you know tons of time to record it uh so i think that one still is is sort of the high watermark that this one uh i think lives up to sonically i think the songwriting is you know keith's just gotten more efficient as a songwriter over the years more brutally efficient with his um pop hooks and but lyrically this one is kind of completely new in that for the first time, the lyrics are um, not disguised reality. They're they're just kind of naked reality. And so there's this real, uh, I, I think, very engaging earnestness that has uh, never quite been there with We Are Scientist stuff. I think the lyrics have always been great. They've they're they're witty and they they do have a lot of emotion in them. Mm-hmm. But this one, you actually get kind of a pretty devastating coherent picture over the course of 10 songs of you know a real sort of relationship and um yeah and i think it's i, I think on that level it's more effective yeah. than anything we've ever done is this your mark maron record is this <laughs> with mark maron? yes cold yeah less less angry good but yeah. uh, every bit is raw good so yeah. so chris a question that we uh we've been asking our guests recently mm. what's the worst thing about you that you'd like to change oh um, I'm definitely not very good at getting things done. And this, you know, this very much connected to, for example, my failed 2012, uh, <laughs> <Stand> <laughs> New Year's resolution. You to, didn't pick a year. Stand, it's still, uh, it's still, yeah. Again, I, I, I maintain that was just that it couldn't happen before New Year's Eve yeah. 2012. Um, no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really you know, good at coming up with ideas that I thoroughly believe I should pursue and then not pursuing them. So to some degree, I would put that off on the fact that I am as a, as a very active father and a very active, um, member of all aspects of we are scientists. I am incredibly fucking busy. Uh, I, you know, I can't remember the last time I read a book, which is, which is one of the, to me, one of the great pleasures in life is reading a book. Um, but it's not a responsibility. And so I, <laughs> I, I do not do it anymore. You'll be on the bus in a couple of weeks. Hopefully you'll have some books with you. Say, fill up that kid. I'll write a screenplay and I'll Can read you, a bunch of you, books. You don't, you don't have motion sickness on the bus, do you? No, when you read, no I don't. You know, I don't. That's, 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 that's good stuff. No. Um, so listen, Chris, we've, <laughs> good stuff. How do I? It's like, wait, I, I didn't even want to say that. How do I get out of it? How do I get out? You shifted into radio pattern for that two was, seconds. That was beautiful. <laughs> you, you had a, you had a perfect ending to that question, and then I just gussied it up with. It was, uh, it's almost too much good polish. Stiff there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what's coming, though. Oh boy, we've come full circle here. Okay. We've gotten we've gotten a good, great conversation. You gave yep. us a great story. I feel like we uh, we um, we know you even better than we did before. What do you think of the word gig? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's short and sweet. It's powerful. It's got a plosive quality to it. Um, I'm not sure if that's even technically accurate. Is that accurate. M or X plosive? Oh, Is just P. Just, just start. Plosive. Just plosive. Yeah. Plosive. Yeah. I think it's a, uh, it's a, uh, phonetics term. I think it's like apostrophe. 
P L O S I V E. I don't. It might be the, the, the listeners at home. I'll have to straight up. <laughs> listeners at home. I mean, we'll let you, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, I don't know. See, my so my idea of what a plosive sound in a word uh the the beginning of that word would be a perfect example so i don't know if get the g's and gig provide yeah. a plosive quality or not nor do i know for certain whether there's a such thing as a plosive quality but uh <laughs> nevertheless gig <laughs> would possess that if if it were such a if it were real um, haven't heard that one before sounds so good we'll, we'll, yeah. we, will, we will accept chris look you are you're about to be very busy you're gonna mm. be promoting the record it's gonna be for for months on end you're crisscrossing the states have a good you're life to europe we'll see you. <laughs> you you have a lot of stuff like you said you're a busy guy you have a lot mm. of responsibilities yes all jeff and i want very okay. simple sure just three three little words okay <laughs> and those words like the g and gig First one begins with a G too. Three letters as well, actually. Never, right. never made that connection. <laughs> this is a long one. Good. It is. It is. So, <laughs> second, second word, four letters, <laughs> as well as the third word. Oh boy, I'm not you even just close came to up guessing. Describing the third word, okay. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it just—it's a train that that kept on rolling. Yeah, got that right. Get home safe. <laughs> oh, all right. Worst gig ever. <laughs>